0: The path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Colonel lust. and things like Working that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic.
1: Powerful yeah. ritual. And... <laughs> that's that's She's, She's actually sitting in the The cauldron. role of the witch is to make change. Years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the. buddy welcome to um the final that witch life episode of 2020. This is a super um, exciting episode and um I am Courtney, I'm your host today and I am joined by Hillary. Hello. And Kanani. Hello. And we have our special guest today who is Matt Oren. He is our Patreon pick. So, we sent a list to our Patreon supporters of everybody we interviewed in 2020 and said, who do you want to talk to? And Matt was the winner and he was kind enough to come back and put up with us again. Um, And so I am super excited. If you are new to the podcast, did not hear um, either of our interviews with Matt. Um, He is a multi-award winning author of the internationally best-selling Psychic Witch, a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic, and manifestation. Matt is an initiate in several esoteric and occult traditions and has had the honor and privilege of studying under some of the world's most prominent occult teachers and witchcraft elders. He runs the blog For Puck's Sake on Patheos Pagan, which is the best Blog title ever and is a content creator for modern witch he has a column in witches and pagans magazine entitled exersensory witchcraft and has been featured in various magazines radio shows podcasts books anthologies and other periodicals to find out more about him and his work visit mattoren.com or um, follow him on instagram at mattoren okay matt so the last time you were with us We were, um, it just started the pandemic and we were releasing bonus episodes. We were like, Matt, come back and talk to us. How the fuck are we going to get through this horrible, (laughs) horrible time? Um, And you showed up and Hillary and Kanani and I were all deep into some over 21 influenced coping
2: mechanisms.
1: (laughs) Um, As you all remember, I was admiring my lavender walls, which those of you who have access to video see is actually a very pretty color. It's the reason I was into it. How have you been since the spring? What's going on?
3: Good, good. Um, uh, First of all, I apologize if I'm, like, sniffing or anything. Um, My allergies are acting up, and I went to go get medicine, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't have any allergy pills today. (sighs) Oh, oh, that's
0: the worst.
3: So if I'm sniffly, I apologize. So you're getting the rawest mat possible. Like, I'm (laughs) literally pajamas, like, in bed. Nice.
1: Are those Baphomet pajamas? Are those Baphomet pajamas? No,
3: it's actually a little bunny
1: Oh, oh my that's god! Cute. Bunny with a magician's hat.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels um... very
1: it feels very Narnia. We actually just my husband. And I just watched the 1979 version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, it's so YouTube. good!
3: It's I so love good. that. Oh,
1: so disturbing. It's really way. fucked up. Like
0: so fucked up.
1: Oh, I know. And but we were like, my husband said that he saw it as a kid, and it. Like, I did also. Yeah. Him. We used to watch it in school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I
3: watched it in school too
1: which is that in the, the never ending story and other movies that have just explains why we are the way we are.
3: Right. You know, everyone sees my name and they're like, Oh, that's the never ending story. Right. Which like partially, but not really. Um, but what's fascinating about the never ending story, not to like nerd out a bit. um, No,
1: come on. Really? Let's go in.
3: Michael Endy, um, the author of the book, which is a little different than the movie. Um, he was super into occult stuff. Um, yeah. he had a bunch of like Thelema um and Golden Dawn books in his library and it's never been like, you know, um verified if he was part of those organizations or not. Um, but if you read the actual novel, The Never Ending Story, it's like straight up all thelemic concepts, like as a parable, as a story. Interesting. Like, even the Orin, like the little medallion on the back, um, in the movie and in the English novel, they translate it as do what you wish. But a more a more proper German translation would be do what you will.
0: Mm.
2: Which I hated where- that movie, by the way. Absolutely <laughs> hated that
0: movie. Of course the- you did. Do you, know, do you know why I hated that movie? she's a monster.
2: Because <laughs> I used to have nightmares about that horrible dog (laughs) and it used to like it would it was like we were going on these little like we're together we're going on these little adventures or whatever and I would keep seeing it out of the corner of my eye and it would try and eat me
1: and I would turn around
2: I'm like, you asshole, you're trying to eat me. And he's like, no, no, I'm your friend, I'm your friend. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, okay, maybe I'm being crazy. He's, he's, he's my friend. But all of a sudden I'd turn around, and it's like mouse open, it's trying to eat me. And I'm like, you're trying to kill me. I used to have so many nightmares of that damn dog. And it was always trying to eat me and convince me that it was my friend. And I'm like, you know what? This is not good.
1: I watched me, it. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. The
3: childhood one was the dark crystal that traumatized me.
1: The Dark Crystal—that was a really fucked up movie. It was I mean, really scary. wonderful. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's Jim Henson produ- Productions, but, but draining the essence? No, that's right. terrifying. No, I mean, like, kids' movies today are nothing compared to the movies of our childhood. Uh, yeah. I used when they used to make us watch The Neverending Story in school. I would like asked to go to the bathroom during a swamp of sadness scene and I would stay in there as long as possible and I was like I'm gonna get in trouble because you know they're like well what is Courtney up to uh she must be doing something terrible like no I'm hiding from the worst thing in cinematic history and it's like the
3: the novel's even worse because in the novel the horse speaks (laughs) so like Atreyu convinces him to go into the swamp of sadness, even though he doesn't want to, but oh, he no. wants to go with his master. And so like the whole time he's sinking, he's like having a dialogue and it's really sad.
1: I can't, I'm going to have nightmares just about that idea <laughs> of the horse. Wow. I'm sure people are crying. <laughs> Someone is right. like, oh Someone's like, Oh my God. No. <laughs> well, and that's
2: the other part. Like I, I hated that the dog And it gave me nightmares. Just the whole thing is just creepy as fuck. But then like, it has that scene in it with the swamp. And I'm like,
1: why would anyone like this movie? Like, I don't understand. Like, this is completely traumatizing. Who was making these movies? I mean, Generation X and early Millennials. We are the geezer Millennials, by the way. I mean, I'm born in 1981, so I'm like in the the nursing home of Millennials. But we all saw these movies growing up, and people put them. And also, Return to Oz, which Kanani uh, Kanani, that one's a screwed up movie too. Kanani, like to stop. Watching. Super screwed up. I watched like what? What did I get
2: through? Like 20 minutes, and then I was just I was over it. I was like, I can't stomach this anymore. This tiny little Furza trying to be like so sweet and like the dialogue was just god awful where it's just like oh pardon me oh no I oh no that's I'm like I can't stomach this.
3: I I need someone
2: to punch someone in the face and call them a dirty name I cannot.
3: I remember trying to tell someone about the plot. They were like, oh, well, what's Return of Oz about? And I was like, well, it starts off that no one believes Dorothy, so they take her to get electroshock therapy. <laughs> like, and it's all downhill from there.
2: Ain't right? And that's, yeah. that's the high point. Yeah. <laughs> that's taking her to the doctor to electrocute her. That's the high point of the movie. We
1: right. have, uh, Ashley said the Willy Wonka tunnel scene. is Some interesting trivia about the tunnel scene is that the director... And Gene Wilder knew what was going to happen, but none of the actors, I mean, they knew they were what? going to go through a tunnel and they'd read the script, but the actors seeing those visions, including like the chicken getting its head cut off and things like that, oh the actors God. are seeing that for the first time. So the reactions so they're having fun. are absolutely real. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrifying.
0: I'd be so <sighs> upset if that was it's- like, if I didn't know that was coming.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That did that. And those those are, those were children in that boat, y'all like watching these horrible things. And somebody else talks about the last unicorn. Yeah. That was upsetting too. (laughs) And, um, I remember, did anybody see the 1970s animated version of the little mermaid where she was a blonde and not a redhead? Does anybody remember that? She actually dies in that one. And I remember when the Disney version came out, as Tara said, yes, she saw that one. With uh, the Disney movie came out, I was in the third grade and I didn't want to see it. And I said to my best friend, Whitney, I'm like, I'm not seeing The Little Mermaid because it's sad. And she said, no, in this one, The Little Mermaid doesn't die. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go see it now. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: I have no I have absolutely no stomach for scary movies like at all. We know. I never have I never have my my daughter inherited that from me. My grandfather had a huge epic crush on Elvira. And in the 90s there was there were horror 30-minute shows. There was a 30-minute Freddy Krueger and a 30-minute Nightmare on Elm Street. And he used to make me sit and watch them, and there would usually be either before or after. I can't remember. Also, one with with Elvira, and I've always loved Elvira. She's life goals. But he used to make me watch Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, and every night I would have nightmares—just horrible, horrible nightmares. And my mom would be like, "And for a." transitionary period when my parents were separating we lived with my grandparents which is when this would happen and I would run into my mom's room and she's like hell no he made you watch this movie you go to bed with Grandpa. he has to deal with this and <laughs> oh I'm like, like the first week of me every night going in his room he's like he's like go upstairs you don't have to watch this Thank you.
1: Thank you. I couldn't watch watch scary movies as a kid, but I what I would actually do instead is I would go to the Blockbuster video or whatever video store was in town. And while my sister was picking out whatever movie we were going to watch, I would just read the backs of the of the movie boxes of in the horror section and that would give me nightmares. That was my fear. You Uh, know, so too much.
2: I used to have a recurring nightmare. I had two recurring nightmares that I remember as a child. One involved that damn dog. And the other one was me on a conveyor belt with Freddy Krueger with the switch. And he would pull the switch and I'm going down the conveyor belt and there's these jaws chomping down going chomp, chomp, chomp. And I would always wake up right when it was above me and about to come down on me and I'd wake up screaming. And those were my two childhood like memorable nightmares involved the dog and Freddy Krueger because my grandfather made me watch the little sick. And now I'm sure I could watch it. And they, I mean, they were so... Yeah, but that's scary as a child. That is scary. Child, of course. I mean, but you know, they were so kind of tamed down for regular TV that I'm sure now they're not that scary. But as a child, I was completely I'm horrified. find
1: them and I'm going to make you watch them. Matt was about to say something.
3: Oh, no. I was just going to relate. Like I was uh, forced to watch uh, Freddy Krueger as a very young child. Oh. And literally the first nightmare I remember. Although, like, since I was so little, the nightmare was stupid. It was always something like, Freddy Krueger's trying to vacuum me up. Or Freddy Krueger's the (laughs) ice cream man. And, like, the disturbing thing about having Freddy Krueger nightmares as a child is, like, that's the story. The story is that he appears in your nightmares, right? So it's not that recurring when you wake up and was... And are like, oh, it's just a dream. Like I like, never
2: like, thought of that it that way, but you're yeah. right. That's his. That's his thing. Is that he's in your? Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> terrifying. Well, speaking of nightmares, um, let's talk about 2020. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, although this has been um, a fuck of a year in many ways, it's it's also I feel like there's been some really powerful um magic that has happened if you guys hear howling it's because my goddamn cat is so upset that i'm in the i'm in the back room and it's like he's going to be a dick this entire time um i can't hear him um, at all
0: which makes me sad because i love that cat even though he's an asshole
1: he is an asshole i love him too and he's an asshole um so i'm posing a question to uh matt but also to kanani and hillary and um and um you know guess if you want to use the chat and share yours what are some of the most profound magic moments that you've had in 2020 I'm let my two chatterbox guests sit, my chatterbox host sit aside. Let Matt answer first.
3: Mm. <laughs> That's a really tough question. Um, I don't know if I've had anything that I would call like profound. Um, for mm-hmm. 2020, um, a lot of my magical practice is sort of at this point, it's just sort of routine. Um, and I don't really focus on the results. So even getting the results, I just kind of, you know, it's just a thing. Um, I mean, I've had some experiences that aren't directly magical related that are more like astral dream related that were profound, Mm. but, um, for magic, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's really profound that like the magic that some people may or may not have partaken in politically seems to have worked. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Which I plead the fifth on that, which I right? I totally was was doing that. But um you know, I think it, it's we're in an interesting time looking back at this year. Like it feels very alchemical. Um, which I think we kind of touched on at the beginning of this. Like, it seemed like a lot of things were coming to the surface to be addressed. Um, And it seems like we are sort of moving in the right direction, perhaps not fast enough. Um, But yeah, I don't know, as as far as like profound, magical experience, I mean, I think a lot of this year has just been about trying to swim and trying to keep others afloat um, Mm. as opposed to doing anything like grandly elaborate for magic. Um, so yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry.
2: I I, I agree. That's kind of, when I saw the question, I was kind of like trying to think of that myself and I was just like, you know, I, I feel like this year there wasn't any big aha moments or you know, any spells I was really able to do that kind of made anything, you know, manifest or or come to fruition per se. I feel like it was, it was much more about self-care. And I think I used magic for self-care in the last year in a way I never did before. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
2: magic was more for spells and for trying to manifest and, and for purpose and for intent and I feel like in the last year, instead of that, I couldn't even focus on something to try and manifest or or think about what I necessarily wanted to happen because I was just trying to get through the day. I was just trying yeah. to cope. And so I feel like for me, my magic changed in the way that it was less um, purposeful as, as far as intent and and manifestation and it was more on healing and self-care and just trying to maintain and I'm I'm hoping to carry that through you know I'm feeling really good about the next year and feeling like I might be able to go back into kind of I'm actually starting to think about what do I want what you know what would I like to bring in in a way I haven't been able to do for quite a long time because I was just trying to deal Yes. And so I'm kind of hoping that I'm able to carry the two, so that I continue with the self care aspect and this new practice I've kind of developed to bring that with me into 2021, and not just kind of like, oh, okay, well now I can go back to my old way of magic. I'm really trying to be, um, I'm really trying to be thoughtful and, and carrying that with me because I feel like in a lot of ways magic helps me cope through a lot of the, the trauma and just the feeling like, you know, I'm just, uh, there's nothing in my control. And it helped <laughs> me sometimes in those moments of, of getting a grip with that and, and being able to, to maintain. So I'm really hoping that I, I can carry that lesson of 2020 with me that while magic is good for, for uh, bringing things about manifestation, Um, you know, working with, with what you want to bring in that it can also really help to kind of keep you grounded and centered. And so I'm just trying to kind of keep that momentum going as well.
1: This is interesting what you said about, um, you know, trying to control that, which is without outside of your control, Kanani, because that's like, the origin of magic that's the reason humans have been honestly practicing religion um but also especially practicing witchcraft is trying to control that is outside of your control and so um you know so i when i hear people not really from our community so much but outside that when they say you know magic has no place in politics social justice it's like that's just like what Matt was pointing out, that's where it's always come from. Um, Laura was saying the tarot spreads I put down before the election were surprisingly true. I was afraid to look. Would have loved to see what you said, but I was scared to look. What about you, Hillary?
0: Yeah, for me, you know, it was. it's kind of been an interesting year. I mean, obviously, it's been interesting for everyone. But I found that I ended up doing i i feel like refocusing my magic in a way that I hadn't done before and and ended up doing a tremendous amount of shadow work because I think that what I found throughout the year is that there's so much chaos going on uh between the pandemic between uh the the battle for social justice uh for uh the election all of it was there was so much chaos going on and for me it's like again it I looked at like, you know, all of these things that I can't control, but what can I, what can I control? And that led me to do like a really, really, really deep dive into shadow work that was both incredibly painful, but incredibly important, you know, like shadow work often is, it's never, it's not often the easiest work you do, but it's allowed me to, I think, um, see areas of my life and areas that within my life that I could change that can affect myself and also change in general in a better and deeper level. Um, so I ended up doing, yeah, a lot of magic around social justice issues, a lot of, ma- of magic. Um, uh, I mean, like everyone else around the election, <laughs> you know, I mean, like you, I felt like I felt, um, not only obviously drawn to that, but like a, an obligation to, to do that. Uh, and, but I think that, I think that again, you know, I think that Spent I've I spent I've spent a lot of time, not that I've done no shadow work before, I've done some, of course, but uh, you know, kind of focusing on the external. And I think this year really forced me to focus on the internal because you know, what was external was so much chaos, and you know, there's only so much control you can have, even, even within the use of your own magic. Um, and so it resulted in, I think, a really a much deeper connection for me to my own practice, um, and and then to the areas inside myself in which I needed to make change in order to have better outcomes, both personally and magically. But yeah, Yeah. shadow work, shadow work is rough.
1: (laughs) It was, it was funny. So every year around Samhain, my husband and I, um, do a divination for the upcoming year. And I looked back, um, at the previous year, like what did the divination say about the pandemic? And I was expected to see that it said something like, oh my God, it's going to be chaos and apocalypse and toilet paper shortage, and it's going to be crazy. Instead, all the images were things that said cooperation. They kept saying cooperation will be the spirit of the spring. And I'm like, great. My husband and I are going to work together on redecorating the house. Yeah, um, it meant something else. (laughs) Well, I mean, um, that that makes sense too, because I feel like
0: what we've all gone through has required us to connect to one another in a a tremendous way because you can't, I mean, because we're all just, no matter where you are, no matter what, you know, what you're doing, no matter what your connection is to the people around you, we're all going through the same shit right now, you know, Uh, and so I think our experiences this year have been... Uh, At least for me, I've seen communities building really strong community values, connecting because oddly you I think you start to appreciate the connections you have when you when you can't connect, you know, or where you struggle to connect because you can't meet in person. So I think that it 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 caused a lot of people to uh, to want to connect to their community. I mean, I know more neighbors and more, you know, community members around the area that I live in than I ever did prior and I think that's where that cooperation comes in. You know, it's like lifting each other up and helping each other through what has been really a challenging uh, a year for everyone, for sure.
3: I um, have made a comment to people close to me, like throughout this year, like it feels like we as a country and as a world too keep getting hit with different challenges that seem to be testing mm. our passion, like things... From, like, not just even things like, you know, uh, police brutality and systematic racism, but things as simple as wearing a mask, you know. And it seems like, it seems like we failed a lot, like, as a kid. But, like I said, I'm, you have to be optimistic. I mean, without hope, I mean, there's nothing. And it does seem like we are in the upswing of things slowly, not exactly where we need to, but um, Trump leaving is a huge step. Um, yes. That Hopefully, you know, we can get leadership that will influence people to be like, hey, you know, take this seriously. It's not the freaking flu. Um, I feel
2: like I feel like what he did was expose a segment of the population that needed to be exposed because if you don't expose it it's just going to exist and fester and and it's you know it's it has to be fixed it it has to the, the general, uh, generational issues of people growing up with some of these thoughts and beliefs that we, a lot of people, you know, thought, Oh, no one thinks that anymore. No one believes that anymore. You know, things have improved, things are better. You know, it really needed to have a light show on it, that things are not as better as you think they are. And there needs to be a much more concerted effort to, to fix this.
3: What happens when we have an intelligent, smart, handsome, young Trump that yep. comes Office because you know, right. Trump is a bit obvious because he's so stupid, you know, exactly um, right.
1: a Richard Spencer, something like that,
3: right? You know, and so it's you know, I'm really hoping people can wake up to this because if we do get someone that was you know say like obama who is charismatic and intelligent you know but had the like if this individual had the viewpoints that trump does and emboldens right. people the way trump does like that's terrifying yeah. um
1: yeah yeah
0: 100% yeah and i agree because like you have someone more charismatic in that place and like they're less i mean like <laughs> they're more likable more like right. i think we 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 I think we have an easier time hearing the things that are that obviously we don't want to hear if it's coming from a really charismatic, kind, gentle, seeming person, even if they're a monster, right?
2: Well, someone also who would have been smarter and who wasn't like, say, say had all the same beliefs, all the same people behind him, but wasn't so upfront with the racism, right? right? (laughs) Like is doing all of these racist things and putting in all these racist policies and and isn't talking about it openly and outwardly, making it easier for people to either not believe it's happening or, you know, not attribute it to them. And I mean, he, there's so much more that could have been done if it had been kind of, like you said, kept quiet and the person, you know, in front of it had a smile on their face and was pretending to, you know, just be super nice and and not have this as their intent. We're lucky enough that, you know... He was up front. He didn't hide it. And so people were able to see it for what it was, but it could have easily been, you know, hidden and done in the background. And a lot more travesties could have been committed. And
3: that is terrifying. And hopefully we'll learn from this as a country.
1: Since this pandemic began, we've received a ton of requests from listeners wanting witchcraft training that they can do from home. Therefore, we are delighted to have Sacred Mists Academy of Magical Arts and Sciences as an episode sponsor. Since 2002, Sacred Mist Academy has offered comprehensive online magical training programs with working witches around the world, including first through third degree Wicca training with an elder program available for initiates of the Sacred Mist tradition. Other programs include historical paganism, herbalist certifications, spell crafting classes, tarot courses, Reiki training, and more. I, Courtney, am proud to offer a spell crafting and spell casting certification through Sacred Mists. So if you join, you can take my class and really get your spell casting skills in shape. All courses have their own private groups where students can gather and connect with other students. Students also have access to the Sacred Myths Circle, a completely private, student-only social media platform, not Facebook, with profile pages, discussion boards, groups, blogs, a searchable book of shadows, videos, music, and more. Other Sacred Myths Academy social groups include witchcrafting, if you're interested in creating your own tools, a divination group to discuss decks and share readings, empath groups to explore the skills gift, and learn about shielding, healing, kitchen witchcraft, and more. Join the Sacred Mists live chats for rituals, sabbats, espets, and healing, live divination rituals, study halls, and social gatherings for and by students. To enroll, go to sacredmistsacademy.com and enter Witch Life during registration to receive free enrollment, a savings of $30. Monthly tuition then depends on which course or courses you take. Limit one per student, available until December 31st, 2020. Manifest the change you want to see in yourself and the world around you through Sacred Mists Academy. The Sacred Mists Academy is a tremendous learning resource, but guess what?
2: Sacred Mists also has a shop. Offering over a thousand witchcraft tools, supplies, and gifts, including crystals and gemstones, incense and candles hand-rolled beeswax spell candles, and other spell supplies. This is literally a one-stop shop for witchcraft supplies. Sacred Mist Shop also offers over 75 plant seeds specifically curated for the witch's garden, including healing and magical herbs, flowers, and plant seeds, just a few of which include belladonna, mandrake, sweetgrass, moonflower, patchouli, elderberry, and mugwort and so many more their divination tools include tarot and oracle decks and a gorgeous natural polished black obsidian scrying mirror with ornate antiqued brass stand available in two sizes sacred mist shop offers everything you need to set up your magical space including wands athames hand-carved gemstones runes and wooden rune sets god and goddess statuary and more They have everything a new witch could want and a bunch of other fun stuff and amazing things you didn't even know you needed until you're shopping there. The goddess statues are amazing and add so much energy to any altar. I loved the bonsai wishing trees and had to have them. They're beautiful and a reminder of the energy I want to have around me. Plus, Sacred Myth Shop offers a wide variety of jewelry and books. Purchases at sacred miss shop help support the education and training programs offered at sacred miss Academy to get 10% off your purchase of 35 or more. Go to SacredMists.com and use code WICHLIFE at checkout offer available until December 31st, 2020 sacred miss shop offering unique and handcraft, witchcraft and Wicca supplies to the pagan community since 2002. Thank you to Sacred Miss Shop and Sacred
1: Miss Academy for being an episode sponsor. So I made a huge mistake the other day. We got a box of teas from the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company, and I thought I was being nice by sharing them with Hillary, but now I wish I'd kept the whole thing to myself because, y'all, this tea is incredible. It is so good that I told my husband not to make me coffee because I would rather have a cup of Lapsang Shushong tea for myself. I mean, I'm an
0: opera singer who used to live in England, so basically, tea is life in my mind. And let me tell you, these teas are so good. The Burnside Chai really gets me going in the morning, and that Aria blend soothes my throat after long days of singing and recording the podcast with this maniac.
1: So one of the things I love about the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company is that they are a family-owned business. They were started by proprietor Heather Acosta and her husband, Chuck, Everything is hand-blended by their small team in Northeast Portland. Jasmine
0: Pearl's tea blending philosophy is based on a using excellent quality ingredients, most of them organic, and building blends around good teas versus using mediocre ingredients and dumping a bunch of flavoring in them.
1: I was always someone who liked tea well enough, but I wouldn't ever call myself a tea drinker. But... Jasmine Pearl Tea Company has totally made me into a tea drinker. I have been waking up to their black teas in the morning, especially when we're doing our super early recordings, and I've been enjoying their herbal teas in the afternoon while I'm trying to edit this thing. Their vanilla rose tea is like silk in a cup. Oh my God, it is so good.
0: To be honest, Kanani and Courtney are probably sick of hearing me talk about these teas, but honestly, there are so many incredible tea options that there really is something there for everyone, including the tea snobs among us like myself.
1: They offer free shipping on orders of $25 or more.
0: Check them out at thejasminepearl.com and let them know you heard Courtney and Hillary gush
1: all about them on That Witch Life Podcast. Thank you to the Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. Well, and, and speaking of hopes, um, I'd love to hear from you all. What are your hopes for 2021? I'll, I'll start. So
2: my, my hope, and I've been working on this, as you guys know, for a while. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, a few times. One of the things that was most difficult for us during the pandemic was the fact that we live in a condo, which has been wonderful. And it's been a great place for us. We've been here almost 10 years. But not having a yard... during this time has been exceptionally challenging, especially with young kids that just need to be able to run around and, and be active and be outside. And so to not have that was just, it was overwhelming. And so my goal for this year has been to manifest all my energy into us buying a house. So for the intent of having a yard for the kids to play in and for us to just be outside in, because to not be able to just go outside and stick my feet in the dirt and just kind of ground and center easily has been very difficult. And so that has been kind of my goal and objective for 2021. But I'm also hoping, you know, magically to to be able to do some of the shifting from just self-care into thinking thoughts of, you know, what do I want for my future? What do I want to work on? What are things I'd like to improve? And do more that kind of stuff and not just be completely trying to just maintain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. My biggest is honestly just that this pandemic and the socialized isolation ends. Um, I remember when, the coronavirus was a thing and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, hopefully it'll be over by summer. For some reason, everyone was like, oh, it'll be over by summer. And I kept like being like, I don't know, like when I feel into this, like it feels like spring of 2021. So I'm hoping because nothing's set in stone. I'm hoping that 2021 springtime is the time that we can get on top of this and get back to normal life or at Mm -hmm. least some semblance of it. Um and it seems like we're on a good path for that right now. Um with all the vaccines coming out. Um they're saying really good things about the the is it the Mercer one? Um I, yeah, I, don't I think
0: so. Mercer yeah. and Pfizer are the two um Yeah, those are the two really good ones. And I think both of them one has a ninety five percent success right. rate and one has a ninety percent success rate, both yeah. which is incredibly incredibly promising.
3: Yeah. For any vaccine, that's a huge, like, I think the flu isn't even nearly that high, the flu vaccine. Um, so, you know, I just want, cause I mean, we can't, we're all like energetically psychically sick right now, um, because of everything going on and being isolated on top of that, you know? Um, and you know, I have so like my parents have drank the, the Trump Kool-Aid Uh, which has been, and, you know, it's hard to, like, have conversations with them and be like, oh, well, maybe you should take this seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like, a month into the COVID thing, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we just, you know, we took the mask off because you got to live life, and I'm like, yeah, but it's gonna be short if you don't (laughs) wear your mask. Yeah, and, you know, my dad texted me on Thanksgiving and was like, oh, well, hopefully you can come down, um, for Christmas to San Diego. And it's like, bitch, no, like, a, I'm not flying. Yeah. Right. Not
0: get, you're like, if I could drive, maybe, maybe, but even then.
3: They're, like they're, because they're not taking the pandemic seriously. Like I'm right. not going to be with them, you know? Yeah. Um you know, I love them, but, you know, my health or being a carrier of it, you know, I'm not going to risk that uh, for people that I do love. So it's this really bizarre thing, which has, you know, it's what, you know, it's easy to say it's what Trump has done, done, but I think Trump is just more of a symptom or a trigger for this, but it's really divided us so much, you know. Um, and like, I've had to have conversations where, you know, it's like, this isn't politics, like this isn't a different political opinion, how finances should be used in public, you know, um, this isn't about taxes. This is about people's lives. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that with Trump out and getting on top of the pandemic, that hopefully, you know, we can move to more intelligent and civilized ways of being. Um, Because, you know, I I think that Trump definitely did shine a light on a lot of the, you know, the ugliness in people. But I also think he emboldened and encouraged it. Yes, yes. Yes. Talking to them is very similar to talking to people who have been indoctrinated by cults. Yes, yes. You know, and it's even like, um, like I remember talking to my mom and she was like, oh, you know, like, I think, you know, uh, the government made the va- the virus. And I was like, For well, why? Sake. You know, and I would just ask questions and she couldn't answer it. And it was right. very similar to like the election before this when Hillary was running. And, you know, she was just like, oh, you know, there's just something about Hillary I don't like. And I'm like, but yeah. what is it? Like, what? That was is just that it was. with her. Is
2: there was such a huge swath of people that hated her. But if you yeah. asked why... There really was no specific reason. It It was the evil queen. By conservative media to just
1: hate her with a passion, even though they really had no idea why. Yeah. Right. I, I want to read some of the things in the chat and then at I want to come back to something you said as well. Um, so someone, one said, my hope for 2021 is very simple to be able to go camping with my husband and feel present, which I certainly relate to that. Um, Tiffany says, also looking to buy a new house. Good luck, Tiffany. We'll hold that intention for you. Um Ashley says mine is finding a local witchcraft community to connect with in addition to new online friends. You are not alone. We hear from people just like you every week asking for the same thing. Um and Tara's is pretty badass. I want to start a community gardening, preserving and food sovereignty project project once it is safe to do so. Yes, I love all of yeah, these. I um love that. that's awesome. I think I think I would too, I would like add, yeah, I want to actually I want to move on because one more th- I want to ask Matt a question because we've got a few oh. more things while we still have time with him. Okay. Uh, Matt, you talked about how we are all um, feeling psychic sickness right now. What do you think, since we're, we're not go- this isn't going anywhere for a while and we're going to be in the sickness for a bit. What do you think is um, are some things people can do to um, cope with that psychic sickness at this point when we're so tired and we're so ready for that symbolic and, and actual springtime that you mentioned.
3: I mean, you know, going back to the idea of self-care is important. So even just taking the psychic and the magical out, since, you know, all parts of selves are interconnected, um, my biggest lesson this year has been like, you know, how do I handle burnout? (laughs) You know, like it's a very real thing. Um, especially being home, like I have to work harder to promote my book than I would Mm -hmm. if I was out doing like circuits, um, and festivals and things like that. Yeah. Um, Energetically, you know, I have I've gone through these weird periods of almost completely shutting myself off psychically um, just because there is nothing beneficial to being on all the time when things are so crazy. Um, A lot of my work has been grounding and shielding and turning the volume down like I talk about in my book. Um, and kind of focusing more on like the inner, like, what can I do for myself? What do I need to feed my vessel specifically? Because, you know, a lot of people come to me and a lot of people that I care about are feeling very, very similar. And I'm in the position where I have to, I have to assist them. I have to help them. And I don't say have as in like, it's a burden or a necessity, but like, you know, this is tribe. (laughs) These are people that we help keep afloat as well. Um, so for me, part of it has also been unplugging for periods from, um, politics in general. Um, because there's certain things that like, you know, I don't need to be watching the news all the time. I don't need to know what's going on constantly if it's going to make me psychically sick. And I know, you know, that's an aspect of, you know, privilege in some factors that I can disconnect from that. But right now, you know, um, specifically with Trump being in office and with people being the way that they are emboldened by him, you know, um, it's all we're being fed. Like, you can't, you know, it seems only, at least in my feeds uh, for social media, it it seems only since Biden has been kind of elected that that's kind of down a bit. Um, Like, I know for me personally, like when Biden was sort of announced as the winner when we saw that he was going to win it, a huge depression set in. And I had to sit and I had to process this, like, why do I feel depressed? And I realized because, you know, there were a lot of traumas that we went through this year. And, you know, we were, like, for me at least, you know, I was on guard. I was like, you know, can't, you know, let down on the fighting. And so being able to just kind of breathe for a moment and process all of that has been really, really hard. So, um, you know, I think self-care is important. I think how we interact with people is crucial right now um, I think especially in the the magical larger online community um, and it's not just us it's everyone in the world right now but like the way that we're interacting with each other we're unconsciously sort of lashing out at each other and you know um mm-hmm. tearing each other apart and it, it goes back to um the idea of that shadow work and looking at like way like why am I why do I feel the need to express this and how can I do it in a proper way that is helpful to everyone and not just creating more wounds. So for me, a lot of dealing with like the psychic sickness going on, hasn't been so much anything super magical or super psychic beyond the basics, but it's been more interpersonal and personal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
1: I think that, I think that's I think that's very powerful. And as one person said in our chat said, it, it's, it's not easy to recognize trauma as it's happening. So uh, thank you for that. So, Quick reminder to our guests, Uh, we're have we going to have one more question for Matt, and then we will open it up for you all to ask questions of Matt. So if you want to um, ask something um, out loud, then just um, type raise hand in the chat box, and I'll unmute your mic when it's your turn. If you don't want to say anything out loud, but you have a question, just put the question in the chat box, and when it's your turn, we will... um, um, we will out, read it out loud for you. So I just the, want the, you to
2: know that every time you say chat box, I hear cat box. So
1: okay, well that's very
2: distracting.
0: <laughs> I'm just like put it
2: in the cat box. Like, like, ew! Don't do that. <laughs>
1: don't do that. I know where your mind is at. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, this is comes from a listener um, who said, I have a question about ancestor altars. I have a year round ancestor altar with a few photos, but I do also make a bigger one at Samhain with lots of photos this year. As I was dismantling the big one, I felt kind of bad about taking down and putting away the photos that don't stay on my main altar. I didn't have a ton of time or energy. So I just kind of stacked them up and put them away. Is there a good way to honor the ancestors whose photos get put away or blessing or something to let them know they aren't being forgotten when I put their photos away. Um, Matt, what do you think?
3: Okay. Um, So I have a couple thoughts on this. So one, the photos are just a symbol of remembrance, right? So any altar um, is using symbols. It's using tools as symbols, which is kind of the core of magic, right? And then we empower them and we work with them and stuff like that. But the thing that we need to remember is that the ancestors are in us, literally. Like um, specifically in uh, witchcraft traditions as opposed to like diasporic, like I can't speak for how other people work with ancestors, but the ancestors are literally living within us. Um, Raven Grimasi and, um, a few other sort of fairy adjacent people, um, you know, talk about the, um, the living river of blood within us which is essentially the ancestors our genetic connection with our ancestors so a lot of it is um for me i believe honestly just remembering and honoring um is powerful in general like i have um you know so so for example you know like um you'll see in movies and stuff you know where um like a gang member will like um take like a a bottle of malt liquor and pour it on the ground and be like for my homies right that is the perfect example of like ancestor uh reverence you know because it's just taking the moment to acknowledge and remember them because remembering their memory is essentially what is going to um activate it um because in my view as a hermetic um based occultist, which ties into my witchcraft, um, any altar that we're working with, any external thing that we're, we're doing is literally an externalization of the inner microcosm and how we're working with things on an internal level. So, you know, whether it's putting away an ancestor photo or whether it's, you know, um, putting away a statue of a deity that perhaps, you know, you're not working with at the moment or something of that nature you know just because the physical representation the simulacrum the the physical vessel tool is gone does not mean that you don't have access or you're not honoring them you know as long as you're in I hate the word intention but as long as your intention oh
1: thank you it loves me too
3: Um, you know, I think you're on the right track. So even just being concerned about whether you're disrespecting them or what your relationship with them as a spirit is, I think is good. I think that's in a good place. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think that there's, I agree with that. I think there's I I have ancestors that I love that I work with. I mean, there's no way I could fit them all on my altar. I mean, I need like an entire room of nothing but photos. Uh, And so i try to find other ways, whether it be like pouring water out to my ancestors, or sometimes I'll make tea and set a teacup for my ancestors and just have tea with my ancestors as a way to connect with them. um, You know, outside of Samhain or outside of, you know, uh, other rituals that I do for ancestor work. So it's kind of, it definitely, I totally agree. It's just a tool. And there's lots of other ways to connect and honor those ancestors without having to, again, like have your altar be like, you know, 700 feet wide full of, you know, the people you love.
1: (laughs) And you can just also explain it to them and just let them know what's going on. Um, So I've got a couple of questions in the chat for Matt. The first one said, um, I'm from New Hampshire, also lived in the Bay Area, but only briefly. How would you characterize the difference between East Coast and Left Coast magic? For friends who are not of the United States or not familiar with the term, the West Coast of the United States is often called the Left Coast because of it, it tends to lean uh, more liberal.
2: <laughs> I don't so. know that I've ever heard
1: that, but I love that. Really? You've never heard I that? I don't know that I've ever heard it called the Left Coast. oh my god i've heard that all the time oh that's awesome anyway matt how would you characterize the difference between um the east coast and the left coast magic
3: um well i think it depends on exactly what that question is asking um if it's speaking about like um doing magic with others um i can't say because you know i my experience here has been in quarantine um Mm. and Pretty much every tradition, every witches uh, that I connect with are super liberal. So, even the New Hampshire and the Massachusetts witches that I'm used to, like I surrounded myself with liberal people because I, you know, um, I do believe that witchcraft makes you more liberal, Um, you know, sliding towards, you know, um, far left, you know, of like (laughs) dismantle it all, you know. Um I think that's a current of witchcraft. Um if it come if the question is asking energetically, um I do think that there is a major difference in the energies of the land, um particularly the forests. And I don't know if I've talked about this on uh, your show before or not. Um but one of the things that I noticed right away uh psychically, energetically, magically is the difference of the forests and how they feel. Because I see forests very much as like physical bridges between the world, right? Which is why we often use that um, as a metaphor of the worlds, right? The roots, the branches, the trunk. Um, With New England, there's this feeling of going down. There's this feeling of going into the underworld. There's Mm. a very strong, like, um, it's kind of a darker spook spookier kind of energy, whereas the redwoods, for example, feel like they're moving upwards to the upper world, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot of factors related to that, but I think they're mostly, you know, um, ideas associated with, you know, seasons and how seasons are experienced and, um, you know, the, the type of trees being used. Um, but other than land and interaction with other people, um I can't say that I've seen a strong difference in, like, magic itself, Um, particularly because a lot of the magic I do is created in sacred space, which is essentially um, partitioning you from fucking your environment. Um, (laughs) So...
1: Yeah. So Laura asks, how do you venerate and format? How do you venerate and honor spirits who don't really want to be interfaced with? I actually I experienced me, Courtney, I experienced this at a few parks in New York city, actually. Um, Laura also says my local land spirit isn't open to being worked with, but I feel the need to honor them in some way. Laura also suggested for our last uh, question, Amy Blackthorne makes ancestor tea. Yes, she does. Um, yeah. but as for, um, Matt, what do you think about this with working with the land spirit, honoring them, but they don't, they really just, they want to be left alone. What do you, what do you suggest?
3: Um, so I think it depends. So I, I also think it depends on like what you mean by land spirit, because that can cover a lot of things. So it could be like, you know, the the spirit of the forest. It could be the spirit of your house. It could be the fort. the spirit of like this river to this river. Like it's not, I don't think as clear cut as trying to put it as one spirit. Um, I think with any spirit interaction, it's about relation. Um, And just as we know, like different people, um, you have different relationships, right? So like, for Mm -hmm. example, like how you befriend a Scorpio and get them to trust you is going to be a lot different than (laughs) how you befriend a Pisces and get them to like you, you know, Or, (laughs) or a Leo. So I think A lot of it is about, you know, respect, Um, you know. So in my book, for example, I talk about working with the spirit of place. And before you work with the spirit of place, you know, I suggest in the book, you know, asking, you know, is it okay X, Y, and Z, like to do magic here or to work with you in this manner. And sometimes the answer is no. And if the answer is no, like I try to respect that, you know, Um, because the land spirit, um, in my view, the spirit of place is going to be different than say like a spirit of a different type that you may have to kind of, you know, um, override what they want if they're causing problems.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a, (laughs) that's, that's a whole other topic that I would love us to to explore is like when the land spirit is being a jackass, because that's a reality. And I know there's one, there's like a spirit of an intersection near me where there's always accidents and there's no reason why this intersection should have so many accidents. It's very clear, you know, it's, it's well lit, it's well marked, but you know, it's some spiritual fuckery. So um, I am um, throwing a fast one at you, Matt, and um, oh. our our guests as well. And we're going to play a little game. Now, Kanani and Hillary, you can play, but I'm not sure I'm going to let you, unless because we played this back in February with Queen Aset Haru, and then the recording got screwed up. So you might remember the answer. But Hillary I, can, Mai, I can
0: pretty much guarantee I won't remember this. I was oh, just going to say, have you
2: met me? Because I'm pretty sure You're I pretty don't sure. remember anything from last February.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh well, I get asked for a lot of, and I'm sure Matt does too. In fact, I know Matt does too. A lot of strange spell requests over the years. So I'm going to read three spell requests aloud. One of them, I have actually gotten from someone. So you guys and our guests today get to guess which one I have actually been asked. Now, um, the winner gets bragging rights because I forgot to get a prize. Okay, so geez, uh, man, I know. And actually, and
0: actually, I do remember this, so I'm not going to play.
1: You're gonna okay, all right. So here's the first one: A man and his male friend were going on a camping trip with these two women. He had his eye on one lady, and his friend had his eye on the other. He was hoping for a spell that would allow the sparks to fly and the desired hookups to commence. Here's the clincher. All four of them were in committed monogamous relationships with other people, none of whom would be on the camping trip. Okay. That was the first one. Second one, a woman furious at her ex asked for a spell that would give him and his new girlfriend explosive diarrhea. She said, "I don't want them to die. I just don't want them to leave the bathroom for 3 days." Okay. The third one, a woman bought a love spell from a roadside psychic in the Mid-Atlantic region off the I5 corridor to get the and if you've been in the, <laughs> if you've driven down I5, you know what I'm talking about. And she contacted a psychic to get the attention of a man who had previously ignored her. The spell worked too well, and now she was dealing with a stalker who would not leave her alone. She wanted a spell to counteract the spell done by the witch who she could no longer find. Okay, so options are the guy and his friend on the camping trip wanting to do a love spell between all these people. The second one, the woman who wants to give her ex exploding diarrhea... And the third one, the woman who's bought a love spell that worked too well and needed to have the love spell undone. So, Kanani, do you remember this? Oh, she's shaking her head. No. Okay. Um, no, I can't. I don't. I, I remember it. I don't remember the right
2: answer. We'll put okay, it that way. Okay. Well, well, Laura said. I remember that we did this.
1: Uh, Laura said, "Number three is the one I'm guessing, but number two is a really good idea." Pun, I'm sure intended. (laughs) What do you think, Kanani? Was it the camping trip, the poo, or the love spell? I'm leaning towards the first or the second one. Kanani says first or second. Ashley also guessing. I feel like for some
2: reason I feel like it's the first one. I don't know.
0: You're like, what do you think, Matt? Like, I'm not sure.
3: I really hope it's the second one. Uh, I, I think they're all very realistic. Um, and I can totally imagine being asked or like having a peer be asked like for those three things. But I think the fact that number two is almost like Dory worthy. I'm going to go with two.
1: Tara also says the second one, and Ashley says the second one. The truth is, it's actually the first one. Oh,
3: people yeah. are
1: douches. I did See? get an email from this guy who's like, I'm in this situation, and I need some help. And I was like, buddy, why don't, no. People that's suck to, so that's bad. Messy enough as it is. Um, oh, I wanted the it third t- one.
3: Yeah. I know, so Right.
1: Well, that's one I wanted to cast on someone. And I almost <laughs> did. I was so mad at my ex. Hillary and Kanani know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I was very oh man.
3: I was like, so mad that yeah. I actually
1: reached out to, I did. I reached out to my friend Isabel and I said, How do I give him explosive diarrhea? She goes, Well, you need to make an X LAX poppet. And so you get a poppet of him and you soak it in X LAX and then you punch it in the stomach to give it cramps.
2: <laughs> this is why I love her so much this is why we <laughs> all get like, along because I know she doesn't hesitate she's not like she's not oh no that's not the right thing to do she's like okay first we get the X-Lex. pop it, and then we get the x-lax
0: that's that's why we all work she's like <laughs> she's not like oh you know that's maybe not the way you want to go she's like oh actually I have a I have a way to do that yeah you ready can we interview
1: her for the show? We will try. She is very shy. I love so, her so much. She is very shy, but we will try. But I did not do the spell because as she pointed out, she goes, she said, honey, you don't really want to be fucking around with these people anymore. You need to let it go. And I'm like, can just ding. have one bout, one bout, one bout? Okay. So I did not do the spell. But just so you all know, that is how you give your ex explosive diarrhea. And the oh third one about the woman who had cast the love spell and it worked too well. That was actually one that somebody contacted a friend and colleague of Matt and mine. Matt, I'll tell you afterward. I don't know if they gave me permission to share it on the show, but that is something that is a request that a friend of ours had. And, um, what he did, um, I think it's okay to tell it is that he basically, um, said it's going to eventually work its way out on its own. Like she had to like write down their names and put it on rosewood and bind it in oil and throw it in the sea. Like there was no way to retrieve it. And he said, it eventually will wear away on its own, but if you invite one of your ancestors to step in, then whatever spirits are working on it will draw draw this person to your ancestors and they'll just basically be running in circles and it will eventually work its way out. But yeah, that's those. That all of those were real in a way but the first one is the only one that anyone has ever asked me.
2: And people are so douchey. That's why I'm like, I just, I feel like it has to be the first one because that is just so something someone would do. First so gross.
3: So, realistic. so I was like dismissing it. I was, you know, cause people, even aside from magical requests, just if anyone's been a professional tarot reader in any capacity, like they know that this kind of shit, like people are, people are shitty. <laughs> yeah.
2: People are shady. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, that?
1: Do you have any favorite spell requests you'd be willing to share with us?
3: Oh my God. Um, so I've actually been good this year. I haven't gotten a <laughs> few spell requests, um, particularly because I don't um, put myself out there to do spells for other people. Mm. Like I'm bigger on, you know, referring to friends, you know, that like, oh, they do this, you know, so go to them or teaching them how to do magic or the spell themselves. Um, the weirder shit I get tends to be more like, you know, Either related to like you were in my dreams last night, and like I know we're astral lovers, you know, we had tantric oh, sex for 45 hours, and I know that you're not attracted to women <sighs> off the physical plane, you know, and just going on and on and on, you know, which is always kind of like, okay, like I don't know how to respond to this on any capacity. Um, I've had people ask, so the weirdest one, um, the most, the, the weirdest one in most recent memory that I can think of is being asked if I can go and change events of the past for them. Uh, what? <laughs> right. Like, so they want like, a like you're going to
0: time travel, travel back like,
3: and leap. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're like, and- this
0: is not back to the future. Like, <laughs> all
2: right, Matt, if you can do that, you and I need to have some talks because there's some shenanigans that I have a list. I'd like to wipe away, possibly. Oh my god! Same, same.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of like, um, like in years before that, I used to get a lot of really weird, like, um, dark fluff type question comments. You know, of like, you know, this, you know, the devil or the dark magister has taken me on an astral sabbat, and like, I have sex with. <laughs> and like i'm coming to visit to you in um astral projection and watch you at night like just weird like i don't know like it's become people
0: said that they were coming to watch you at night by astral projection i'm like get the fuck out of (sighs) here
3: which like yeah yeah no and i think like honestly like i sort of desensitized to a lot of them that when i see like a um in balanced request I just sort of just ignore it and don't even continue reading you know
0: probably the best probably the best approach
3: yeah um but no I think I think the time travel is the most recent um it's the most recent one that I'm just like I I you know like no one here's, an
1: episode. here's a link for talk space this is what I suggest
3: right yeah you're like therapy therapy is magic yeah and that's Uh, always a hard thing to do as you know um a priest or a magical public person is having those conversations that have to be like you know this is outside my area you know and trying to gently tell them like you should seek a therapist for some of these things and not so much like time travel type thing you know um which may be related to that but sometimes I think the most difficult thing is trying to approach mental health in a way that is not diagnosing them or judging them or triggering Mm -hmm. them at the same time Um, especially
2: I think when people come to you about shadow work because I feel like and 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 it's not being judgy but I feel like sometimes when people get into their shadow work, they get into some really deep, traumatizing things yes. where it's like, this might be out of your own wheelhouse. Like, this is this is big stuff. Like, this is something that you could benefit from talking to a professional about. And it's like I said, and that's with no judgment. That's just saying sometimes things people experience for trying to work through are so monumental that it's like they, they could really benefit from talking yeah. to someone
3: like but you don't that, ask your doctor for legal advice right, right. you know there are certain things that like regardless of how experienced or what the person does it's just not their wheelhouse yeah, yeah.
0: well and I also think like and I think I've said this on another episode I think that therapy is a type of shadow work you know it like is. It, because it, it is <clears throat> you know it's it's a different it's, it's a structured approach to breaking through a lot of the things that you hold within yourself that are really difficult to, to, to address or look at.
3: Well, it's yeah. supposed to be. I mean, shadow work was invented by Carl Jung as part of his, you know, psychoanalytical psychology Um, and it's something that like, you know, with any kind of Jungian thing that you can do on your own, you know, because it's a very introspective, um, journey, but it's not a replacement for therapy. Um, it's not, you know, um, it's just like anything magical or spiritual, like the holistic approach is going to be the best, um, at seeing things as complementary and not a substitute.
1: Mm, That's, that's. Thank you for saying that. And that's something I've run into a lot with the magic is, you know, magic is not therapy. It can be therapeutic. It is not therapy. You know, it is supportive, but it is not a support group. Um,
0: Well, and it's an interesting thing because we wouldn't say, you know, like if someone was, you know, like we are careful in what we say in helping people who are facing illness and what they can do magically and... It, you know, we, we shouldn't look at mental health as any, in any other way that we would physical health, you know, it's like, these are some things you can do in addition to the the other things that you do to take care of yourself, but yeah. they shouldn't, that should not be the sole thing that you rely on in order to take care of yourself from a mental health or a physical health perspective.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it was just a delight, and for you to make this time with us. And um, so, I could you just um, let people remind people where they can find you, and if there's anything that they should look for from you coming up in 2021 that you can talk about. Uh,
3: um, so, I'm easy to find on the internet just because I'm all over social media. Um, so, Matt Oren uh, is usually my hashtag or my um, like at handle everywhere, uh, Matt with one T-A-U-R-Y-N. Um, my website is that.com. Um, as for things coming up in 2021 that I can talk about, I honestly have no idea. Um, I'm actually currently on break from even doing interviews or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, this is a very special exception. Aww. because of Super,
0: We love you for doing this.
3: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and like, if people voted for me, like, how big of an asshole would I have to be to be like, Oh, I don't know. I'm on break. Right.
1: Well, we would have understood, you know, they care about you, but it's really kind of you to make (laughs) that
0: really, it's
2: a gift that you came thinking. Can I just say that I am still crossing my fingers for, I should have, I should put this out right now for 2021. I am hoping that Sunfest happens and that Devin and Storm are able to come because they weren't able to come last year. And we're going to try and drag Matt along with,
3: and we're all, we all going to hang out and be camping
2: everything. and having a great time for summer solstice. That is what I want for this year.
3: I, I, I like that. I'm down.
2: I, I love that. be so fun.
1: Well, uh, we really want to give a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. You are the reason we're able to still keep doing this. And thank you for letting us know about what content you want to see more of and for helping us open the door to bring um, Matt back. So with that, everybody, um, have a very, very safe, socially distant New Year. Um, we love y'all much and we have a lot of wonderful offerings coming in 2021. So definitely still watch this space. Um, thanks everybody. Thanks so much for joining us and, and thanks again, Matt.
3: Oh, no, thank you. I, you know, I wouldn't be on here if I didn't enjoy chatting with you three. Um, so I, you know, I'm honored to be back again. I mean, this is the third time this year. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we had you on our first year and then, um, yeah. So it's, it's the third time you've been on, but yeah, it's the second time this year.
3: I thought we did too. I thought, I don't know. I've done so many, so many interviews this year that is just.
2: Here's what I think. What I think is you guys have to come up and visit us for Sunfest and that's going to happen. And then sometime
0: three of us need to come down and visit you guys in the Bay area. That's what needs to happen. I mean, that's, that's an easy, that's an easy task.
3: I'm definitely down for that. Um, I'm just waiting for the pandemic to be over to actually experience. Because yes. I haven't even like gone into San Francisco or anything like that. Oh so my goodness.
0: Yeah. That's so hard to move and then be like, just kidding. You can't actually like get used to this thing. You're just going to stay in your house.
3: Right. All right. Well, thank you again, everyone so much. Um, like okay. I said, always a pleasure, always an honor. Um,
2: thank you. Thank you. Happy 2021, everybody. It's going
0: to be badass. 2021. Happy 2021! 2021! Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast. So vote it be!
1: We want to thank all of you for listening and being with us through the year. It has been a full year, but we felt the love and support of each and every one of you throughout. So whether you supported us on Patreon, bought us coffees, purchased merch through our Etsy store, sponsored an episode, purchased a shout out, rated and reviewed us, sent us your wonderful questions, joined us as a guest, or let us know you love us, or simply tuned in to listen. You are the reason this podcast happened. You are the reason it's possible for us to keep making it. And you are the reason we will be back with more of that witch life in 2021. So to all of you out there throughout the world, stay safe, stay witchy, keep moating that shit. We will talk to you next year.